0: Tonight the title of this message is going to be The Sons Are Free The Sons Are Free You know, your origin Your origin is not from your father and your mother Where you began, right in the beginning where you began Was in Him Before the foundation we heard that Last night also in Rion's message but I would just want to add on to that and continue that. You know when the word of God says in Philippians 3.20 your citizenship is in heaven because that's where you came from. That's where your citizenship is. We were born from above. We came from above. James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. So it comes down from the Father of lights. Where did you come from? From the Father of lights. Of his own will he brought us forth. Not your dad, not your mom. Of God's own will. All life comes from God. There's no life from any other source or any other form. Every form of life comes from God. In Ecclesiastes 12:7, he says that the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Where did, where did the spirit of man come from? From God. When a man dies, his spirit returns to God where it came from. The body returns to the dust where it was taken from. But the spirit came from God. When you die, your spirit returns to God. Your spirit came from God. When a new baby is born, at that moment that new baby is born, where does the spirit come from in that baby? The life form in that baby is from God so when a baby is born or when a baby is conceived already there's life and that life is spirit that comes from God that's where it comes from spirit that comes from God there's a difference between being born from above and being born again When you were born from above is when God spoke you into existence in Genesis one twenty six. When He said, "Let us make man in our image, and according to our likeness," when God spoke man into existence, that was the spirit of man that He spoke about. Only in Genesis two, verse seven, He formed the, the, from the dust of the ground the body, and He and He breathed into that body the spirit that was created by His word. He breathed that into that body. So that's being born from above is when God said, let us make man. That was born from above. But being born again is something different. Born again is the day when you realized that Jesus Christ is your Savior, and you received that consciousness of a new life, and you received the consciousness that you are a child of God. That is being born again. But born from above is something that happened long before. God releases your spirit into the body that is formed into the womb. Okay? That's being born from above. But being born again is when that child comes to the consciousness, the awareness of this life that's inside of him, which was part from Christ from the beginning. So when God says let us make man in our image and likeness and you read the word of God in Colossians 1.15 that says Jesus Christ is the image of God and God said let us make man in our image and Jesus is the image then he says let us make man in Christ. So he made you in him. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says Christ is the image of God. So let us make man in our image there is, let us make man in Christ from where are you Ephesians 2 verse 10 says for we are his workmanship created in Christ where were you created? in Christ now that's the difference but the sons of God is not the same as a child of God because Jesus was a child of God When he was 12 years old he went to the temple and he was a child of God because he said I'm busy with the things of my father. He was a child of God. The first time he was called the son of God was at 30 years of age when the spirit came down upon him the heavens were opened when he was baptized and a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son. So he was placed as a son. The word that's usually translated in Galatians 4 where he's talking about the adoption as sons should be translated placed as a son. Because we are not adopted. We are born from him. We are born of the one same seed. Galatians 3.16 says, and to Abraham and to his seed these promises are made. I do not say as to many seeds but one seed and this one seed is called Christ verse 29 of the same chapter chapter 329 says and if you belong to him then you are that seed but the seed is called Christ so who are you on that point let me mention something let's let's clarify that quickly when I say I am Christ I'm not talking about Andre okay because Andre can never be Christ and any one of you, as a human being, can never be Christ. The life that is Christ is the Christ life inside of you. The part that is born from above, that came from Christ, from that one seed, that is the part that is called Christ. But that is a corporate man, it's not a single, single, single person. Remember, Jesus was the only Christ on the earth. But the, the, the kernel of wheat fell into the ground... And he said, unless the kernel of wheat falls into the ground, it will remain one. But if it falls into the ground, it will be many. And that's what we are seeing here. The Word became flesh. God came. He sent Jesus to become flesh to change our minds about who we believed we are. Okay, we were children of God from the beginning. You didn't become a child of God When you got saved. I know this is. Now maybe not what you are used to. But it's the holy truth. When he says in John 1.12. To all those. Who received him. He gave the power. To be called children of God. Not to become children of God. To be called children of God. there's a difference so I'm going to go into some of this so that we can know the truth because in John 8.32 the word says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free the only thing in all of the Bible that can make you free is the truth alright now the truth is a person Jesus says John 14.6 I am the way, the truth and the life nobody comes to the Father except through me so if you know the truth as your true identity then that identity that you know is the one that is free. The son can never be in bondage. It is the mistaken identity that comes into bondage. But the life of the son is limited until we grow up to be sons when we know that we are sons. He says in Galatians 4, Galatians 4 verse 1, he says then now I say that the heir as long as he is a child does not differ at all from a slave though he is master of all but he's under guardians and stewards until time appointed by the father even so we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of the world so the children are in bondage just like slaves but they are children of God you understand that? so when does freedom come? through sonship I pr- I'm speaking of true freedom. I'm not talking about just, you know, I don't do this and that and that anymore. That's not the real freedom that we're talking about. The freedom is to be free from the concept of man separated from God. The vine and the branches are one. The moment the branch is separated from the vine, there's no life in the branch. The only life there is, is in the connection with the vine. The branch is not the vine by its own. It's through the connection to the vine that it is the vine. Are you all with me? Now, what is sin? We've spoken about this so many times. Missing the mark. But it's also a mistaken identity. Because if the mark was Christ... In other words, for the soul man to understand his identity by eating of the tree of life, thereby knowing his, his tree. Uh, what do you call the tree when you look at your uh, genealogy? The, Stomboom, the family tree. Okay, The tree of life was your family tree in the spirit. When you eat of that, you will forever know you are a son of God. If you eat of the other tree, you become a mistaken identity living under a law in bondage. But while you are in bondage, it doesn't mean that you are not a child of God. It's just in your mind that there is separation because you think that you are separate from God, but in reality you are not. So people were not really separated from God. It's just in their thinking. Colossians one twenty one says they were alienated and separated in their minds. Okay, so it's a mind thing. Everything that went wrong, went wrong in the mind. No other place. So a false or a mistaken identity brought us into bondage and death and limitation. Jesus came to demonstrate to us our sonship. Jesus came to show us what we are really like from God's perspective God doesn't see your sin and your iniquity and all those things because he said I removed that as far as the east from the west and I will never think of it again if you go to God and say Father please forgive me for this he says what are you talking about I said I will never think of it again I removed it as far as the east from the west and now you can say yeah, but it's a new sin I, I've done No, it is all sin. All sin. Even future sins. If you don't believe me, when were you born? Okay, 50 years ago. That is future in terms of the Christ. That's 2,000 years forward. It's future sin. That's why the word says in Hebrews uh, 9:10, it says there that he went to the end of time to bring the offering. so that all sin could be included in one offering all sin included in one offering so he went to the end of time and included it all that's why God doesn't look at sin anymore because there was a perfect price paid Jesus paid the price for your sin do you believe that? Jesus paid paid the price for the sin that you are going to commit tomorrow how do I know that? because if it wasn't like that he had to be crucified again after you have sinned but it can't happen because he died once for all okay now if you keep that in mind and you you know that the truth knowing the truth shall make you free you should know that if the truth makes you free then the thing that binds you is a lie so lies mistaken identities false perceptions are the things that keeps us in bondage so the things that we wrongly believed are the things that keeps us in bondage Mark 7:13 says your traditions and hand downs makes the word of God to no effect The Word of God is here to set us free from our previous thinking because it's there to renew our minds. We can be transfigured by renewing of our minds, but how are we transfigured? How? By the Word of God. The Word of God is there to change our minds. The truth is there to change our minds. A false or a mistaken identity will keep you in bondage. Now a lot of people are trying and even the church are trying to free Adam. you can't change Adam, Adam cannot be saved he must die, he already died actually but in our thinking it needs to become death towards that, because he says we've been crucified with Christ we no longer live, Christ now lives within us so if there's any bondage or anything that is still happening in your mind, if you believe a lie, then in fact you are believing that Christ is bound. And Christ has a bloodline curse. And Christ cannot get free from this and from that and from that. But, but it's not Christ. It's only the Adam that can get those things. The sons are free. That's what I want to talk to you about. The sons are free. What comes from God is perfect. Your spirit cannot sin. Your spirit never sinned. When your spirit when you die, when your spirit leaves your body, your spirit isn't dead. Ecclesiastes twelve, seven says, it returns to God who gave it. The body returns to the dust. He says that Jesus Has no limitation whatsoever. The Son of God has no limitation. There's no bondage. I mean, Jesus walks on water. That's not a limitation. He walks on water. He heals the sick. He raised the dead. He does supernatural things. He feeds a multitude five loaves and two fish. He feeds a multitude the fish inside the basket never got less than what was in there before. It could have been one fish, it would be sufficient. He didn't take one fish and break off 5,000 heads and another 5,000 tails and some people got the centerpiece. didn't do that. No. Every time he put his hand in the basket he took out a new fish fresh fish. Jesus was so unlimited, he could do anything. Anything was possible. Because to the sons, nothing is impossible. Why do we want to live in limitation and in bondage? Why do we want to keep, keep on living as Adam while we're supposed to live as Christ? Okay? Christ is a corporate man, but you are part of him. I'll explain later. I just want to get to this. Jesus was unlimited as a son. He was limited until he was a son. But when he became a son, he was no more limited. Because he did no miracles until the voice came and said, this is my beloved son. Not one single miracle before the age of 30. The limitations fall away at sonship. But Jesus said in John fourteen twelve, most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me oh, let's stop there. To believe in him doesn't mean there is Jesus, here am I. Now I believe in him there. No, it means when I believe I am in him. When I believe. When I believe in him, I'm in him. When I believe okay it's, there's no separation in the spirit it's, it's oneness when I believe in him I'm unlimited because I'm part of him he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father now there's a key there when he goes to his father what happens the word says when I go to my father I will send you another comforter the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth and what will the spirit of truth do it will lead us in the whole truth it will teach us but the main thing that the spirit of God is doing when we receive the spirit listen to this he says in Galatians 4, 6 he says and because you are sons listen you got the spirit not because you want to become a son you you got the spirit because you are a son listen to this Because you are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So what does the Spirit cry? What does He do? He restores our consciousness of our sonship. He restores us to the point where we realize that I am born of God. I'm not born of somebody else. I call Abba my father The word Abba means real father So he says the spirit Christ Abba father in here Real father That's why Jesus said In Matthew 23 verse 9 Do not call anyone on earth your father For one is your father who is in heaven Do not call anyone on earth your father Now that doesn't mean Don't say To your dad father that doesn't what it means what it means is you need to realize your origin that Abba is your father that's where you came from you are not a natural man in other words you are a spirit man but we live as natural men and that's the one that's limited but the spirit man is not limited because the spirit man is the son and the son is free So who is bound? Adam. So what happened? Why are the sons of God not free to operate like they they should? Because we still have the mind of Adam, although we are sons. We are walking like slaves because we are children of God, we are born of God, but we have a mindset like Adam. Although we should have the mind of Christ because the word says you have the mind of Christ, but we don't believe it because we still, we still call ourselves children of God, and that's it we don't go further, we don't realize that there's more to it, we don't realize that I am a son okay he says in John 3 verse 6 he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit when I was born from above, it happened before the fall of the world before the foundation of the world that's when it happened. But when I'm born, when I'm, bo- when I'm born again, it's when I receive the consciousness of my spiritual existence. Okay? I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. Romans 8 verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be kindly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Anybody here that would like life and peace? The key is to be spiritually minded. Do you want death? If you want death then you must be earthly minded. So spiritual minded is not up there, spiritual minded is in here. Because up there is in here. It's not up there above the the clouds, it's in here. So you are spiritually minded. You live from the ins- inside. The inner space is far greater than the outer space. Amen. You know, he says in Romans 8.5, To live according to the flesh, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. The law is a ministration of death. The law is the administration of death. The law brings death. When they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they died. Their spirits didn't die. Their minds fell. It became carnal. To be in mind, is death. And their minds covered their true identity, which is spirit. They didn't know anymore who they were. They started living a mistaken identity, which is sin. That's what they lived according to alright the law could not kill the spirit man but it killed your consciousness of the spirit man that's why when you are born again you receive a consciousness of the spirit man again but the spirit man has been well all along it never changed the law gives birth to bondage Galatians 4.24 he says these things are symbolic. For these are two covenants. He's talking about um, the bond woman and the free woman. They in Galatians 4. The one from Mount Zion, uh, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage. That is the law. It gives birth to bondage. What does the law tell you? The law tells you you are human and you need to do this and you mustn't do that. That's the law. It limits you. But the sons are free. The sons are free to be led by the Spirit of God and to just allow the Spirit to tell you what to do. And just be obedient to that because sons are led by the Spirit. People are bound, but not by a physical prison. When Jesus said, I came to set the captives free, he wasn't talking talking about people that was in prison. When he says, I-, I came to release those in prison, he wasn't talking about people in prison. He's talking about our true identity imprisoned by a wrong mindset. Because our mindset that we are Adam doesn't allow our true identity to live in reality. That's our problem. The flesh man cannot walk in the works that Jesus said we will do and greater than these. The flesh man cannot do that. It's only the spirit man that can walk in it only the spirit man. But if I don't allow the spirit to cry within me, Abba, and believe that, I will not walk as a son, I will walk as Adam. I will still continue in my limitations. He came to set the captives free. You know, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was transfigured in front of them. He came to show us what we are, what we are like from God's perspective you know that the word says in 1 John 4:17, as he is so are we in this world how is he as he is how is he now how is he glorified perfected alive and well as he is so are we we are exactly like him we are not different when a kernel of wheat fell into the ground there were many just like him not different exactly the same who is alive and well it's Christ within us that's the one that's the one that's living okay? the same seed the same seed he says on that mountain this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased there are two things that's important the first thing is this is my beloved son the second thing is in whom I'm well pleased God is pleased with you, did you know that? Okay, let me say, say a shocking thing There's nothing you can do that can change the fact that God is pleased with you. Nothing. God is not pleased with Adam. But God is pleased with you. But you need to discern who you are now you need to forget about your flesh you need to know yourself according to the spirit that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 16 previously we have known Jesus according to the flesh but now we know him according to the spirit therefore we should know every person according to the spirit now if you know somebody else according to the spirit you will know him as a son of God but if you know him according to the flesh, you will know him as a fallen man. Sure. Jesus did not come to set free the fallen man because the fallen man is dead. He died. What he came to set free is the spirit man. It wasn't really in bondage, but the thinking of the Adam mind, the law, covered the reality of that supernatural, unlimited life. In your thinking. It's only in your thinking that you were separated. Nowhere else. So we need to discern that and, and make it clear in your understanding. So Peter saw this manifestation on this mountain. He saw Jesus' face shining like the sun, his clothes become bright as light, the glory of God is upon him. And he still did not realize. The manifestation was not only a declaration of the sonship of Jesus, but also of the sonship of every human that ever lived. God declared that because Jesus came to show us what we are like. Okay, we'll get there, just hang in. We'll get the explanation now. Let me give you an example of that. In Matthew 17. Just when I came down from this mountain, some people came to Jesus and, they, and asked his disciples, your master, does he pay the temple tax? And Jesus said, when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, what do you think, Simon? He's talking to Peter. Every time he's talking to Peter. He didn't talk directly to the other disciples was talking to Peter. Why? Because there was an important revelation that Peter had to get. We'll get to it. He says, from whom do the kings of the earth take customs and taxes? From their sons or from strangers? The kings. Do they take taxes from sons or from strangers? And Peter said, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. The sons are free. Say it with me. The sons, are free. the sons are free. And I am a son. I am a son. Do you believe that? Yes. The sons are free. Okay, now Jesus was trying to tell Peter what he is. He was trying to tell Peter, Peter, you are also a son. You're not a stranger. Now listen to this. He says, nevertheless, now listen, this is not singular, this is plural. He includes Peter into this. He says, Nevertheless, lest we offend them Go to the sea Cast in a hook and take the fish that comes up first And when you have opened its mouth You will find a piece of money Take that and give it to them For me and you Because he's included For me and you Now listen, this was a great miracle Because can you imagine Now Peter must go down to the sea What's going through his mind I must go catch a fish with a piece of money in its mouth. Jesus was not limited. He could tell the fish, hey, go to that coral reef there. There's a piece of money. You must go fetch it, fish. Can you imagine that? How did the fish get the money? The sons are not limited, there's no limitation or Jesus knew a very rich fish (laughs) (laughs) which is also a miracle because who of you knows a rich fish (laughs) (laughs) and then he told the rich fish take that specific hook can you imagine that Peter pulling this fish up. Here's a coin. And then he pays the taxes of Jesus and of himself. Why? Because he's included. Can I tell you something? You are included. Do you know that? Say, I am included. I am included. I'm, part I'm part of the son. The son is a singular man. It's, it's a corporate man. When Jesus sat at the right hand of the father and we were co-raised and we got j- joint seating with him. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 6 says we are co-raised and we are seated together with him in heavenly places there's not you and me and uh, him and them and then it's Jesus no, there's only one person sitting there, it's the son of God the corporate son of whom we are part part of the Christ Christ is a corporate man no single individual is the Christ Andrei cannot be the Christ Christ in me is the Christ alright now the sons are free, listen to Galatians 3 verse 26, he says for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus for as many of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, now let me ask you this, do you know what the baptism of Jesus was? There are different baptisms, but he says there's a baptism that I must be baptized with, and I, do not, I cannot wait for this baptism to be accomplished. Okay, what was that baptism? It was the cross, it was the death and the resurrection, that was his baptism. Okay, now every single person on this planet, from Adam, until all of those who will be born and die in future, even to the last person, was nailed with Jesus Christ onto the cross. Were crucified with him. And every single one was raised with him. Because if you were one with him in his crucifixion, in his death, you will also be one with him in his resurrection. That's what scripture tells us. Is that true? Okay, so that's, that's including every single person that ever lived. The sons are free. He says, for as many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are all one in Christ. So it's one. You are the only begotten son. Listen, the word says we are begotten of him. Remember? We are begotten, okay? But there is only one begotten son. The only begotten Do you know that you are part of the only begotten There are not many begotten There is only an only begotten Because if Jesus was the only begotten Everybody after him that was begotten Was not begotten really Because Jesus was the only begotten Hello Hear me So we are part of him Peter had to understand this Jesus wanted to Peter to get this. Peter, please get this. Peter, the sons are free. And Peter, you are a son. You need to understand this. It was so so important that even the whole of creation was waiting for this revelation that you are sons because that will liberate creation. But if you don't need if you don't know that you are sons, how will you liberate creation? No, we, 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 we keep on saying, no, 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 we ca- cannot be sons. You know what? Let me ask you this. Is God your father? And God is a God. Is that true? So if God is your father, and you are a child of God, what would you be? A human. if a rhino has a baby it's not called it's a rhino Okay, now let's take scripture because this is where the religious spirits are getting excited Jesus says in John 10.33 and he's speaking to the Pharisees he's not talking to the saved people, he's talking about the religious people, he's talking to them And he's talking to every single man actually on the planet because he says the Jews answered him saying for a good work we do not stone you but for blasphemy because you being a man make yourself God now this is the argument you are a man but you call yourself God that's the problem they have with him and let me tell you if you start believing this people will have a problem with you but guess what they are Pharisees. They need to believe the word. Let me tell you this. Let's continue reading. He says, You being a man, made a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, You are God's. Jesus says this to the Jews. He says, Listen, guys, your law says you are God's. Hmm. If He called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of Him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? So if Jesus is not blaspheming by saying I am the Son of God, we are also not blaspheming by saying I am the Son of God. Because as He is, so are we in this world. 1 John four seventeen. Now this came Jesus is quoting this from from Psalm eighty two verse six. And I want to read the Psalm, psalmist version because it's very good. Listen to this. He said, I said, this is what Jesus is referring to. He said, I said, you are gods. Nee? And all of you are children of the most high. Is it some of them? all of them, all of you are children of the Most High verse 7 but you shall die like men what does it mean you are all gods I said you are all gods you are all children of the Most High because God's children are gods the scripture says it, not me scripture says it, it's clear can we establish that okay Now he says You are gods and all of you are children of the most high But you shall die like men And fall like one of the princes So who is the prince that fell? It's not Satan, it's not Lucifer, it's not any of that It was Adam Adam was the prince of God Because Adam is called Son of God in Luke 3 verse In the genealogy, he says, Adam, the son of God. Because the son of the king, the son of the king is a prince. You will die like men and fall like one of the princes. The prince that fell in Eden. You will fall like one of the princes but you shall die like men. Why? Because you don't believe that you are God's. You believe you're a man. Then you will die like a man. No, you don't get it. <laughs> if, you, if you don't believe you are God's child and you are God's then obviously you are a man. And if you are a man you will die like a man because man can die but God Cannot. You are gods. Okay, anybody that wants to tear that page out, do it on your own Bible because I want that in my Bible. <laughs> I said you are gods, all of you are children of the most high, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Why? They do not believe in immortality. They don't, do not believe that God's going to do su- something supernatural. If you read 1 Corinthians 15, from verse 53 upwards, you will find there that He says, some of you that's here, He says there, and you will not die. At the sound of the last trump, you will not die because you will be changed in an instant and mortality will be swallowed up by life. Okay? Mortality will be swallowed up by life. So, life that's inside of you, That's always been there, but the new consciousness of that life is now suddenly rising and realizing I am not a man. I am born of God. And if God has a child, it's a God. Therefore, because I believe that, I cannot die like a man because I believe I am a God. Now, I'm not the type of God that walks around and asks people to worship me. That's not what we're talking about it's talking about the God that's the creator of the universe I am offspring of him, you can read Acts 17 from verse 28 where he's talking about we are the offspring of God and uh, we had Leon saying this morning uh, those, those people that he was talking to was all the, 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 the heathen guys that was worshipping different gods, he told them you are his offspring You see how we got a mind problem In our minds we lost our true identity we lost our true understanding of who we are and we started living like men The sons of God The sons of God are unlimited Unlimited Can I see Any sons of God here this evening? Okay. The sons are free. Sin is a mistaken identity. That's what sin is. Mistaken identity. You think you're a man. Listen, when God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, the part that's important is in His image and likeness. God made man, but God had to to make man in a way that he could be like God, and, the, and the, to be like God, he had to be free-willed to make a choice. He could choose to be like God, because then he will only if he could choose to be like God, he would be like God, because God had a free will. If he didn't choose, that he chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he chose a different image. So when God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, He's talking about His image and likeness, and He's talking, the man that I want is not a man with a fallen image. The man that I want is a man with a godly image. And the man with a godly image is the Son of God. Because the Son of God is the image and the likeness of God. Colossians 1.15 Sin is mistaken Identity. Deuteronomy 32 verse 18 this is in the Old Testament of the rock who begot you you are unmindful so you lost your mind about the rock who begot you who is the rock? God is our rock that's what the word of God says he says of the rock who begot you, you are unmindful and have forgotten the God who fathered you you forgot the God who fathered you Because you are unmindful of the rock who begot you, you you think your earthly father is your father. You don't know your origin, and because you don't know your origin, you think you're a man. Therefore, you will die like a man. But if you know that you are born from above, guess what? The rock who begot you will restore you. Uh, He says there that uh, um, and I have forgotten the God who fathered you. God is your father. All of you are children of the most high. Therefore you are gods. That doesn't mean I must walk around and say I am a god. No. Absolutely not. Because if you read Philippians chapter 2 and 3, you will find that Jesus said, um, uh, "The Afrikaans Bible say, hy het geen roof geacht om God wees nie. He didn't take it robbery to be equal to God. So he didn't elevate himself to be God. But he knew he was the son of God. So we're not gods in the sense that we are like the creator God. We are like him, but we are not the creator God. You get what I'm saying? Thank you. God spoke you into existence by a word. That's how you were born. Let us make man in our image and likeness. That's the spirit man that he was creating with a word. That's the spirit that is sent into every single human. The part that comes from God. Your soul doesn't come from God. Your soul develops. Mind, will, emotions. It develops over time. In the beginning, it might, be, it might be clean and clear, and maybe this is an open channel to hear from God without any problems, like babies, children. But it developed, man became a living soul. He didn't create him a living soul. He didn't create a living soul. He became a living soul. God formed man from the dust of the ground, Genesis 2:7. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which is spirit. He formed him from the dust of ground, which is body. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which is spirit. And man became a living soul. Are you still here? Amen. The law mindset of sin and death imprisoned our true identity. It cannot really be imprisoned, but in that fallen mindset... It feels like it. Okay, that's the thing. Uh, Colossians one twenty one says, They were alienated and enemies in their minds by wicked works. works. And he yet, as now reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, through his death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That was to convince you how blameless you are. Jesus became sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Christ Jesus. He became sin. He became our mistaken identity. That's why when he became our mistaken identity in his mindset, he cried out, My God, my God, why, have thou, why hast thou forsaken me? But Hebrews 13, 5, says, God will never leave you and never forsake you. So God never forsook him. Never. But in Adam's mindset... God forsook him. He became so identified with our fallen man that he thought that God forsook him. He became sin. Mistaken identity. He had to become that because he had to go into the skull, Golgotha, to make some creations. Let me tell you what Hades is. Hades is this thing that keeps death because death is the carnal mind. Hades is this thing that keeps death. That's the thing. He entered into our darkness. He entered into our Hades to proclaim the truth, to set us free. He says, John 8 32, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abram's descendants. And I've never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Listen to what they're saying. They say we are Abram's descendants. So, what is is it about? It's about being a son. We are Abram's children. We are Abram's descendants. Jesus answered, Most of you, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Ah, the sons are free. The son, what is the house? This body is the house, a slave, a a man, like Adam, like the fallen prince, a man like Adam does not abide in this house forever. Okay? But the son stays in the house forever. Why? Because this body will be changed in an instant. When my mind is renewed, be transfigured by the renewal of your mind. The transfiguration is a change of the body. Is this too much for you? He says, and the slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Why? Because the son is free. Is free of what? Free of death free of everything that came with sin because it's only applicable to the mistaken identity. But the son is free. The son has always been free. But the mindset of man pressed down the true identity. It was like bondage on it. But it was not really bound. It's just in our mindset it's bound. I hope you're getting me. Okay, so Jesus wanted to set the captives free. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. It's not natural prisons. It's not to be bound with ropes. Who is in bondage? Those under the law. Because the law brings bondage. We read it here in Galatians 4. Remember? Verse 24. He says, Which things are symbolic for these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage. When you are in bondage, you are in a prison. In a prison mindset. Where you you are not free. You are limited. You cannot do the things that God wants you to do. He says, The Spirit the opening of the prison doors to those who are bound. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him, who had the power of death that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The one fear that mankind has is the fear of death. It's built into you. It's a standard that they call, they call it the reptile brain. It's at the stem of your brain. It operates when you are in danger and you want to you want to flee. Flight, fight and freeze. That's the three different things. My wife also always freezes. When something happens. Some people run. Some people fight. That's a natural response. But you know, Jesus, when he was in the storm, he was asleep. Everybody else was worried, fearing for their lives. They wanted to flee, they couldn't fight the storm so they wanted to flee so they woke Jesus up aren't you afraid that we are dying he said "Why, why are you afraid you see the sons are free no fear of death because death cannot hold you death cannot keep you why should you be afraid of death you were created for something far greater you were created to live forever death was never in the equation when God had Adam in mind when he created him When He created us, death wasn't part of the thing. He didn't create us to die. He created us to live forever. Fear is a mind thing. To release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Listen, people go to the end and then they die because all their lifetime they were subject to bondage, which is fear of death.
1: Romans 8.15
0: says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, or the spirit of placing where God places you as a son, by whom we cry out Abba Father, why? because the sons are free Matthew 16 now here, here Jesus is talking to Peter again, remember the previous time we talked to him was we talked about the fish and the coin and the temple tax here he's talking to Peter again and it's, again it's an identity thing because in Matthew 17 when he talked about the coin and the taxes he said the sons are free it's an identity thing who are you? If, are you a stranger or a son? a son? ok, you're a son now listen to this Matthew um, chapter 16 Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked the disciples saying who do men say that I the son of man am So he's talking identity again so they said some say John the Baptist some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets he said to them but who do you say that I am so Jesus Jesus is raising this identity question again because he wants them to give a response because he wants to teach him something about identity. Now listen to this. Then he says, so they said, some say, John, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon, Simon Peter, answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So he get a revelation from God. He says to him, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus answered and said to him, "Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonas, Simon, son of Jonah. And he says, "You know what Simon means? To hear and obey." Why? It was prophetically given to him because God wanted him to know. Listen, those who hear God's voice and obey His voice, they are led by the Spirit and they are called the sons of God. Simon, to hear and obey. His name is actually saying, You are Son of God. Okay, but apart from that, Jesus says to him, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, Listen, it's written there for a purpose. Why is he saying, I also say to you? Because he's including Peter. He's including him in what? In this revelation, you are the Son of God. And I say also to you Listen to this And I say also to you That you are Peter Now Peter is the Greek word Petros And it means A fragment of the rock Okay And on this rock he says, I said to you that you are Peter You are a fragment of the rock You are Peter And on this rock Petra Rots Rock and on this rock, I will build my church. Amen. He says, the revelation is, I am the Son of God. Jesus is the rock that followed, followed them through the, through the wilderness. Remember? You can read that in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4. He was a spiritual rock that followed them through the wilderness. They all drank of that same spiritual rock. Remember? He's the rock. God is the rock. Remember that scripture that we quoted earlier? God is the rock. Deuteronomy 32 18. God is the rock. You've forgotten the rock who fathered you. Yeah? So he says, you are part of the rock. You are a fragment of the rock. You are part of that big rock. The rock is a corporate man. The Christ. You are part of that. You are the body of Christ. How many bodies of Christ are there? only one, but every single one of you are part of the body of Christ, same concept, so he says to Peter, you are a part of that rock, on this rock I will build my church and then he says an important thing, and he says and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, now, let me ask you this, the gates of Hades, in Afrikaans is die poorte van die doodreik, nee? What is, what is the or Hades? It's a place of the dead. It's a place of the dead and it's specifically the place of departed souls. Soul is mind, will and emotions. Departed soul. When Jesus died on the cross he said, Father into your hands I give my spirit. Remember? So his spirit didn't go to hell or to, 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 to Hades. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. They put his body into the grave. So spirit goes to the Father. Body goes to the grave. But Isaiah 53 verse 11 and 12 says, Your soul was poured out into Hades. So what did Jesus do? He went into Hades where the souls are kept he went into Golgotha the skull the place of the dead to speak the truth because the truth will make you free and the truth that he he proclaimed there was the good news the gospel and the word proclaim is an interesting word it's the word preach and the word preach is not a choice it's a declaration of truth So, when we preach and give people a choice, we're missing it because it's a declaration of truth. It's not a choice of becoming something, it's a declaration that you are something. It's a declaration that you are a son of God. That's the good news. You were born from Him a long time ago. You need to accept this. If you accept this truth, you are free. But people don't want to accept that because you know you can be anything but you cannot be a god. Because if you are a god then you are blasphemy. And it's very quiet here. <laughs> Listen. We need to break down these religious ideas that we grew up with. Otherwise we will never get free. And if you don't like it, then die. Because it will happen. If you believe in death, it will happen. But he who is spiritually minded, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. So are you Adam with a carnal mind or are you a son of God with a Christ mind? So in Christ's mind does he have any thought of dying again? No. He will never die again. Never. So he says the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now he says this to Peter. Now imagine. Peter, the gates of Hades shall not... Do you think that Peter wanted to go into Hades? No, I don't think so. So we, we, we grew up in a church where we think that Peter and the, and the rest of us are outside of Hades and to, the gates of Hades will not prevail against us. So we were going to burst into hell, burst into Hades. No, we were in Hades. Our mindsets were death because to become minded is death. Our minds were in the place of death, which is the skull, which was Golgotha, which was the door for Christ to enter death, to go into the place of the death so that he could speak to the death and say, Arise! Yes. 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 So Peter, the gates of Hades will not prevail against this revelation. What is the Revelation. <coughs> I'm the Son of God. Death cannot hold me. This carnal mind will not hold me. It will not keep me. Therefore, I will be transfigured by the renewal of my mind. Romans twelve two. Because the moment the penny drops and I realize who I am according to God. I will break out of this prison that kept me in. I never heard of anybody that wants to break into hell. <laughs> but somehow, the church is, most of the churches are actually saying that. No, the gates of hell is not, now we're going to go in and we're going to show Satan. Hebrews 2.14 says He destroyed him who had power over death which is the devil. The word destroyed is katergeo in the Greek. Katergeo means to annihilate to cease to exist to bring to nothing to make impotent. It means there's not, no power. Colossians 13 says God has delivered us from the power of darkness and delivered us into the kingdom of his son, of love. But people still want to get to be, you know, ek moet gaan vir hierdie demoniese ding, en ek moet gaan vir ding, but, but the word says, God has set us free from the power of darkness. It has no power. But people confess, you no, know, jong, die duivel is lustig. The only devil that can harm you is you. The carnal mind that does not understand who your true identity is. Who of you are children of God? Let me see your hand. Okay, there are a few. Okay, those who did not put up your hands, you can stay behind you will we will convince you afterwards that you are also included Peter's revelation Jesus asked this question because he wanted to teach Peter something the question was about identity who do you say I am you are Petros Peter's identity a fragment of the rock on this Petra, on this revelation of corporate sonship, I will build my church because you are a son, death cannot hold you the gates of Hades will not prevail the carnal mind death, the skull, Golgotha that's the gateway into Hades it will not keep you you came out you rose with him Psalm 24 7 in the Old Testament he says lift up your heads O you gates now this was Jesus when he was knocking on your head sorry shouldn't say that when he was knocking on Hades doors. Lift up your, heads, oh, your gates and be lifted up your everlasting doors. And the King of Glory shall come in. Ha! Listen, if the King of Glory comes into your mind. You will change your mind to the mind of Christ. Amen. And who are you in Christ's mind if you have the mind of Christ? You are the Son of God. Yes. But if you don't have the mind of Christ, I guess then you have the mind of Adam and then you are Adam. But if you have the mind of Christ, then... Obviously, you are part of Christ because the Lord said to me, Who are you in your mind? and I thought it was this was about 20 years ago. He said to me, Who are you in your mind? I said, I'm Andre. He said, So, who are you in Christ's mind? So then I must be Christ in Christ's mind. He says, Yes, so decide. What do you believe? Do you believe you are Adam? Or do you believe you are part of Christ? I'm a chip of that block, man. We're part of that rock. There's only one rock, but every single one of us is a chip from that rock. Just like Peter. Lift up your heads, your gates, lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of Glory. So Jesus went in to proclaim the truth of our Sonship. Why? Because Christ on the cross through that gateway, he already died your death. Do you believe that Jesus died for you? Then why do you want to die? I'm serious. If Jesus died for you and he took away death, why do you want to die? Hebrews 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death crowned every ground with glory and honor that he by the grace of God might taste taste death for everyone what did he do he tasted death for you not for some of us for everyone Second Corinthians 5 14 for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all then all died and he died for all did Jesus die for you Yes? Did he die your death? Yes. Romans 6 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. You will never die again. Okay? Romans 6 verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin, the mistaken identity, once for all. What did he do? He died to get rid of that mistaken identity that you had. Once for all, everybody included, nobody excluded. Second 2 Timothy 2.11, this is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If humanity, if, if humanity were one with him in his death, humanity are equally one with him in his resurrection. I was made alive together with Christ. And then he spoke to me about Lazarus. Sorry, I'm just giving you all these examples because you need to really let this penny drop. You know, the word Lazarus means whom God aids. Somebody that's helped by God. Okay. Now, Lazarus was in a grave for how long? Four days. Now, in Second Peter 3 verse 8, he says that a day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. Now, at the time of Jesus, four thousand years has passed from Adam up to Jesus. So Lazarus points to mankind who has been in the grave for four days, 4,000 years. In, in Hosea 6, 6, verse 2, he says, after two days I will revive them, on the third day I will raise them up to live in my sight. Okay? He's talking about our mindsets. Listen, we are 2,000 years after, after Jesus Christ. It's two days. On the third day, I will raise him up to live in my sight. We are early on the morning of the third day. That's Resurrection Day. Everything has happened for a purpose. and Everything is symbolic. It points towards this fantastic situation where we are early on the third day. It's Resurrection Day. But Resurrection happens the moment that penny drops and we realize who we are. Because Adam cannot get up from the grave. Only the Christ can get up from the grave. So while you're not realizing that you are the Christ and part of the Christ, you cannot rise from that situation. But when you realize who you are, you can get up from it. So Lazarus, man, when Jesus spoke the word, listen, he, second, he said in John 11 verse 43, Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus! come forth imagine if he didn't say Lazarus if he just said come forth all the graves would have opened (laughs) so he said Lazarus come forth and he who died came out bound limited in bondage although he is alive he's alive he came out while he's alive but he's still bound by what? By grave clothes. He smells like death. He smells like he smelled the past 4,000 years. And that's exactly where we are sometimes. Because although we have life. Because he gave us life. We are still living with this bondage. With a certain mindset. With grave clothes. And a face cloth. And we don't realize that we are alive. So when the son speaks a word and said make him free they took the grave clothes off. And let me tell you God needs sons to speak to those in grave clothes to set them free. Because nearly the rest of the world all the rest of the world is in grave clothes. But the sons are free. The sons are free. So God wants us to realize this. Okay, I'm going to close with this. He was bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Loose him and let him go. Inside him was life, but outside it smelled like death. He could not see what was happening. It was over his eyes. It's like the veil the administration of death clothes you with religious ideas that is death because it gives you a carnal mind and you can't see what's happening because you are veiled with a grave clove, not realizing your true identity. Although you are alive, you don't realize it. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, But God, which is great, which reaches in his mercy, Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. So who is he talking about? Everybody. Because everybody was dead in trespasses. He says, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. That's everybody. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I said, you are gods. All of you are children of the most High, But you shall die like men like one of the princes, unless you understand your identity. Then you will never die. Jesus said that. Just further on in um, uh, John chapter 11. He says, you will never die. Okay, now he also said to Peter, the gates of Hades will not prevail. But he also said something else to him. He said, and I give you the keys of the kingdom. Now, have you ever thought about it? What is the keys of the kingdom? Ah, you know, I previously wanted to preach about that, and I was asking God for a revelation for that, but I didn't get it back then. It was about 10 years ago. Didn't get it back then and I, all, I had all different kinds of ideas but none of it really worked. He just felt, no, it's not right. But this week he said to me, the keys of the kingdom is simply your awareness of your sonship. Because the moment you are a son and you know you are born from above, Jesus said to, to, to Nicodemus, Unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom because you have grave clothes. Unless you are born from above, you cannot enter the kingdom. You need to realize that you were born from above to begin with. From the beginning you were born from above. But unless you realize that, you will live like a man. God wants to set us free from the limitations that we have created through religion. Now I just want to close with this. He says in Revelation 20 verse 15 He says, and everything that was not written in the book of life was poured into the lake of fire. The G- Greek word that's used there is the word aites which is, which is meant everything or everyone Everything or everyone. Everything that was not written in the book of life. Everything that did not, the book of life is your true identity. That's who you are in Christ. The book of knowledge of good and evil is we are according to the law, that is a human that fell. Okay? A sinful being. But according to the book of life, your identity is secure in God because you are the son of God and you cannot fall like one of the princes because you are a son and you know that you are a son you're aware of that he says there that and everything that's not written everyone and everything that was not written in the book of life was poured into the lake of fire let me tell you what the lake of fire is the lake of fire is God because our God is a consuming fire hebrews 13. because in his presence the fire goes before him and burns up all his enemies and the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Yes. Psalm 97. Yes. Do you know that song? Yes. A fire goes before him, burns up all his enemies, the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Remember that? Yes. Who is the consuming fire? No. God. What is the pool of fire? The lake of fire? It's God. Everything will be in Him, and God will be all in all. And there will be no more death. No first death, no second death, no any death. That's a whole teaching for another day. And then in Revelation 20, verse 14, you know, if you believe that some people are going to what the Bible was translated to as hell, which is actually Hades. If you believe that people are in there for an eternity, you don't understand the love of God. Because the word of God says, and I don't know why they don't preach about, preach about this scripture, verse 14, 20, Revelation 20 verse 14, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Hmm? This is the second death. And anyone not found in the written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Anything or anyone. I just read it. There is somebody that has this understanding of a false identity. Those thoughts will be cast into the lake of fire. This misperception, that false identity, that false idea. Listen, man. When somebody goes into the grave, what goes to Hades? His soul, not his body. So how will you burn your soul? Have you thought of that? How will you burn the soul with fire? You know what torments a sinner? The presence of God. The glory of God is a consuming fire that will fill the whole earth. A fallen mindset will be in the presence of God and that presence is torment you know that when the, the Gadarenes when they came out of the graves when Jesus arrived there I think it's in John chapter 8 when he arrived there they ran out of the graves, they came to him and they said Jesus, son of God did you come beforehand to torture us? go read it why? because his presence was torture to them the presence of God is a consuming fire. So when you enter into that fire, everything that is not of God, and every everyone and everything, every mistaken identity, and everything that you try to take with you will be burnt into fire, and God will be all in all. Oh my <laughs> There shall be no more death Okay, listen And God will wipe away every tear From their eyes And there shall be no more death Nor sorrow Nor crying In all the Geweeningekners van tanden en die Gaan wegwees No more crying Why? Because there shall be No more pain for the former things have passed away. No more death. No more death means there's no more first death, no more second death, no more any death. Just no more death. No more mistaken identity, no more false perceptions, no more false ideas, no more false doctrine, no more ideas that doesn't work. It's just the glory of God. Man, you know, to the one, You know, remember in the, in the furnace that Daniel's friends were cast into, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego those three people walked inside the furnace of fire and to them the Son of God appeared and to them was, the fire was the glory of God but the people that threw them into the fire died because to them it was judgment God will judge anything and everything That is not Christ. The false identity will perish in the fire. Not your body. How can you put your body... Your body is in the grave, man. It's not going to hell. Your soul is in Hades. But Hades to you is either paradise where you experience the glory of God like the robber on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. Or you will experience the other thing. Where you experience the presence of God and it consumes this carnal mind of yours. Where you realize, okay, these thoughts brought me nowhere. I will repent. I will change my mind. Thank you, Father. I'm your son. You know, the prodigal son was a son before he became a prodigal. He didn't become a son of God when he came back. He has been a son all along. You know that? It shows you that we have been children of God all along. You don't become a child of God because of a choice you made. You have been a son of God, child of God all along. But the consciousness of that is important and it's also necessary to happen. Ah, Yeray Alpons is a belief. We have too much religion. Way too much. And you know what? They should stop nailing people preaching the truth about this. Then the the creation can be liberated. Jesus came to set the captives free from a false identity that keeps them in bondage. But the sons are free. Let's close your eyes. I am the Sun. Do you believe that? Amen. I am the Sun. Part of him. Part of that revelation. Part of that rock. This this death mindset. Will go. No more. No more death. No more death. No more death. Just life. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let's have the spirit mind. Let's not reason about these things with our carnal minds and say, no, it can't be like that. Trust your spirit. Inside of you, there's a voice speaking. In your spirit, there's a voice speaking. And it comes with peace. You realize, God is only love. God doesn't torture people for eternity. It's mistranslated. God is love. The sons are free. It's all about identity. Who are you? Who do you say I am? Well, whoever I am, you are also. Because as he is, so are we in this world. You are part of me, Peter. You're part of me. And so are you, just sitting here tonight. You're part of him. I'm not going to make an altar call or something like that. I, I just want to I just want to say that if you want God to help you to commit to the truth of everlasting life or eternal life then I want to invite you to stand on your feet to say to God, Father I'm all in I'm all in I don't want death, I don't want all those other things I just want you, what you planned for me. I just want eternal life. I already have it in my spirit, but maybe there are some grave clothes that we need to get rid of. Some old ideas. Some old preaching that's stuck somewhere, you know. A bit smelly. God wants to get rid of that tonight. Amen. So Father, I want to pray for every person in this building tonight. I want to ask you Lord that you will take off our grave clothes all our religious ideas and perceptions of old teachings that kept kept us in bondage I ask Holy Spirit that you will move now in our hearts and in our minds that you will set us free It will set us free. For if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Let us know this truth that will make us free. Let us know it. Let us know this truth, Lord. Let your glory fall in our lives. Let your presence manifest and burn Let it burn everything and everyone, every false identity that we have created. Let it burn everything and everyone that is not of you. Let it burn away so that the sun will remain and rise victoriously to liberate creation pray that for every single person here tonight Father, it's my heart cry and all of creation are in birth banks together until now for the revealing of the sons of God because, because creation will be set free with the same liberty that the sons of God has. So I thank you for this liberty tonight, thank you for this freedom tonight, I thank you for every religious thought that fell to the ground, into the fire, I thank you for every word that did not come from you that was previously preached that brought us into bondage, to be destroyed by the power of your spirit and the fire of your presence. Free. Freedom. Freedom. In Jesus' name. Freedom. 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 I proclaim freedom over every single person here tonight. Free from bondage. Free from lack. Free from sickness. Free from death. Free from everything. Broken relationships free from everything that is not of God, that can go to the fire, into the pool of fire, the purifying pool. Let it burn away all the dross, everything that is not of you, but let you remain only you.